Have you ever heard a strange noise in the middle of the night? Ever seen something you couldn't quite explain? What's that? Ever been visited by a loved one in a dream? What are you? Psychic mediums Katie Manning and Michelle Lyons Polito talk about it all. Welcome to the Psychic on the Scene podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Psychic on the Scene. As always with you, your favorite redheaded mermaid psychic, Katie. And <laughs> always with me, my dear friend and other psychic medium, Michelle Lyons Polito. Hey everyone. And our other wonderful co-host and friend, D. Scott. Hi. <laughs> and tonight we have a special treat. We have um, one of our dearest friends on, mine and Michelle's, uh, Barb Nesnik. I always feel like um, when we're together, it's like the witches of Eastwick. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> Barb uh, comes from uh, the Amsterdam area. And she has her own place called Willow Tree Wisdom. And she is a shaman. And she is a teacher, I would say, because you're a great teacher, as well as being, um, I, I don't want to say that I'm saying this wrong. Is it, are you an herbalist? I am a, a registered clinical herbalist. Hmm. That's so my day job. Yeah, that's your day job. And you're, you're wonderful at that as well. So we have Barb on tonight because um, I kind of gone down every once in a while researching things, going down the rabbit hole <laughs> and um, came across information. And we've talked about this before, or we've actually had our own experiences with, with this when we've done some shamanic journeying with Barb of yes. uh, being a part our our history, our past life history of being Lemurian or Atlantean. And Barb is going to explain to us tonight about those lost civilizations. And um, we have so many, we have so many people that we we worked with, myself yeah. and Michelle, that actually have um, you can tell parts of that in their, mm -hmm. their personality, their DNA. So um, welcome, Barb. Thanks so much for coming on. Thank you, Barb. You're a fan favorite. I know. <laughs> so usually, you know, like if somebody has a sense that they are Atlantean or Lemurian or both, because they could be both. Um, oh, they, they can are. be? Oh, sure. Different time periods. No. Yeah, different. Well, different with a little bit of overlapping time periods. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so... So there's so much written. The hardest thing for me was to try to consolidate what to talk about because there's just so much written about Atlantis and Lemuria. And it comes from, you know, like there's woo-woo stuff, there's uh, right. archaeological evidence, there's, you know, historical ev evidence. The first, you know, the first person to really ever talk about or describe Atlantis was Plato, mm -hmm. you know, so, and why Atlantis and Lemuria kind of got edited out of history I don't I don't know I don't know why it's considered down the rabbit hole because there really is a lot of evidence for some of these lost, you know but I imagine probably even you know like like now you know remember the study on uh oats lowering cholesterol and they yep. published that study you know and then everybody everybody was eating oatmeal and Cheerios, Cheerios and whatever. And it wasn't really that substantiated. It was just, if you get published, then there's more funding and more credibility. So maybe that's what happened to world history. I don't know. Oh, absolutely. You're probably right too. You're, you're definitely right. I listen, I just was telling my mother the other day, we were talking about um, the assassination of John F. Kennedy. And when I was in school in the eighties, they didn't, there was like one line Barb about the assassination and the Bay of Pigs. And yeah. there really wasn't an extensive history. Now there's whole weeks and shows dedicated right. to yes. everything around it. People wake up, Katie, you cannot. Right. You, you know, we have, a we have, the Bible says we have a discerning heart so we can know the truth and the truth will make us free. Mm. You cannot, no matter how they try, no matter how many billions of dollars they spend, we have a discerning heart and we have a pineal gland. Um, you know, so you talk about Lemurians, Lemurians had three eyes. So I'll, I'll, I'll get into that a little bit more, but their third eye was the most important eye because that's where they got the information on their spiritual development and our, mm. you know, the reason we are not bodies with a spirit, we're spirits with a body, the whole 
you know, purpose Love that. Of, yes. of incarnation is, you know, to learn, to, to, to learn to experience the physical, um, but we are primarily spiritual beings and that part of us will always continue. So, so Barb, maybe the best place to start is if you can in, give us a description um, and information about both of those um, civilizations. What came first? So actually, um, I could do that. I could skip around my notes a little bit. Okay. So, you know, <laughs> it's just, you know, because there's so much out there. You can read it. You can read Plato. You can read uh, Steiner. You can read Madame Blotsky. You know, so that information is out there. But I like... I, I just figured that, you know, what I would talk about would be the things that I've been able to like validate through myself oh, and how please. I came and how I came to that. So like my original, I probably never thought much about Atlantis or Lemuria until I met Mo Wheeler. Michelle, did you ever meet Mo Wheeler? Yes, I did. So yeah. Mo, I love Mo Wheeler. She's in her, she's probably in her late eighties now. Um, and Mo showed up at a shamanic conference in, I think we were at Menla, um, down around Woodstock, and 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 Mo channeled dolphins and whales, and oh, she yeah. she channeled them at odd times, like when the whole room would be quiet, <laughs> then <laughs> Mo would be channeling dolphins and whales. So I said to my roommate that night, I said, Lana, like most people think we're strange. And we all think Mo is strange. So Mo <laughs> has to be the queen of the strange, but she was fascinating. So she worked a lot. What she said was that, um, as, uh, you know, so there were, there were, there were good and dark and evil forces on Atlantis. Mm -hmm. um, and they were, they were very, very powerful. They had very advanced technology. They were extremely gifted psychics and they really got caught up in the material. You know, they, kind of like greed and forgot about their spirit part. And um, so as Atlantis was sinking, some of these very powerful magicians kind of cursed some of the people that got, that had escaped. So, you know, oh. from, for Mo, you know, so Lana and I agreed because we were fascinated with Mo to participate in this like year long study she was doing. So I have, I have both Atlantean and Lemurian uh, genetics so, um, but I come through the Viking line and mm. the Vikings were all cursed with a bipolar disorder. So, you know, that was a way to keep them from focusing on who they really were, you know, oh. because they couldn't. So she did this work for like a year. And then as a thank you for that work, she cleared us of our, of our, whatever it was that we had been cursed with. I forgot what line Lana came through, but she used to do this. And I, I found some of this in the and some of the like woo-woo Atlantean stuff, these circles of 12 or circles of eight. Mm -hmm. So she used to do the circles of 12 and we would part, we participated a couple of times and like within a week after she did them, a crop circle would uh, appear on the Salisbury plain. No freaking way. We would go. Come yep, on. Yep. 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 So cool. I mean, I saw this. So it, 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 it sounds really weird. About it. And then everything we do, Barb sounds yeah. weird. And that's why like, I can, I, this is not stuff I tell, you know, everybody I meet, but <laughs> you know, she, she would go interpret it and bring that information back. And Mo's got like a couple of PhDs. She's brilliant. You can go to her, her website. If you Google Mo, Mo Wheeler, it'll take her to one of her websites. And there's so much information there that, you know, like it'll, it'll uh, fry your brain. You've got to really be interested. Um, in the mood. To, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So that was my first Touch that of kind it. of, yeah, piqued my curiosity about Atlantis and Lemuria. And then um, I had a past life regression session with Elizabeth mm -hmm. and these huge things they were like amorphous shapes. You know, they didn't have a solid shape showed up. And she said, you know who they are and they don't want me here. You know, they're here to talk to you. Oh. Only they didn't talk. Like they just loomed and they were kind of <laughs> scary. Oh and God. I knew they were Lemurian. Well, you know, Lemurians really didn't talk. So, um, oh, they did everything through telepathy. Yeah, they were, they did. They were very, very psychic. They were very, 
telepathic. So, you know, so if you read like um, Madame Blatsky, she says that the Lemurians were actually the third root race and the Polarians were the first. It doesn't matter so much to me because the the concept is the same. So, you know, my niece died of a brain tumor and she, and yeah. she became very right. disabled. And then, you know, I did a stint at Liberty for a while. You know, we were trying to start a right. equine assisted psychotherapy um, program. And so I thought I should go have some experience, you know, with people with de- development of disabilities. And, you know, there were people that for 50 years didn't talk, didn't, you know, didn't do much besides sit in a chair. And a lot of people felt sorry for them. And I thought, I don't think that we should feel sorry for people. I think there's a purpose. So I, I journeyed on that. And, and um, really what I found is that sometimes these are people that are incarnating for the first time or they're switching species, mm-hmm. you know, so they may have been, let's say an oak tree for a couple thousand years, and now they're going to be a human. So where you're sitting there thinking, oh, look, poor Karen, she sat in that chair for 40 years. And she's thinking, wow, I, I got that finger to move. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. So, you know, like we don't know the whole big picture, but so the, 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 the theory that I like of the like hundreds that I've read about Lemuria is that, um, and this, some of this is journey based too, but we don't have 72 hours. This is part of my problem is like limiting, limiting what to talk about. So, you know, I'd done another journey one time and it was these like other planets, like clans, like kind of watching what goes on in the earth. Cause everybody had vested mm-hmm. interest in what goes on in the earth. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the, the theory that I like the most is that, um, other planets kind of their people ascended, you know, mm-hmm. they, 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 I, let's say they obtained Nirvana. Okay. And so, but not all of their members had. Mm-hmm. So earth was a place for the stragglers <laughs> like from Australia. other worlds to come <laughs> and get a chance to, you know, like reach nirvana and to join their own people or you know for us all to kind of join together because we're all connected so like the remedial class yeah 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 so um i forget what book i was reading in a couple several several of these books on, just to stop you, know, you there for one second this is um for people that are listening when i have had clients that do a lot of astral projecting out-of-body experiences they start to have that very experienced Barb that you were just talking about, about other planets, other species, mm-hmm. like visiting them. And they're really not scared, but they're kind of taken aback because it's not anything that is in their normal daily life. And I know that uh, Leah Bowden, right? Is, mm-hmm. um, yeah. She one time said that's called off planet um, energies. Off planet energies. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so if people have that are listening have experienced that your astral projecting, you could be astral projecting just to another um, place, a plane, or you could actually be going back to one of your past lives um, connected with that. That's Lemurian or Atlantean. Yeah. So, where, where, where was this society? Is this up in the, like the Pacific Northwest? Is that so? Where- Lemuria was probably in the Indian Ocean. Okay, and the Lemurians would have been, you know, like oh, let's just say this: the second root race is kind of the Hyperboreans. It's fascinating. That's probably like the Norse gods. I think that we'll say shortly everything that we think we know about the origins of life on this planet is probably wrong. So, but we'll get back to that thought. So um, the Lemurians are now spirits that are, are trying to develop bodies. They used, you know, whatever matter they could find. They may not at first have had spines, so they couldn't walk upright. You know what I mean? So, you know, they were kind of like maybe a little amoeba-like, and then they would develop structures. And it probably took them a couple of centuries Um to be able to develop the bodies that we had, um, you know, like if you read Edgar Casey and Steiner, they had three eyes. The most important one was the third eye, 
um, because that's how they kept in touch with with their origins, with their spiritual side. Okay. The Lemuria, I, I really do think that um, probably Lemuria sunk, probably because of what the Atlanteans were doing. The Lemurians never became materialistic, really. Um, I would imagine like, I wrote it somewhere, probably like the Tibetans, um, a lot of different people in India mm-hmm. um, are probably the descendants of the Lemurians, you know? So you kind of had an idea that things were sinking. And so you migrated, you know, also populations grew and you um, migrated. Let me see if I have it in my notes somewhere. I have it somewhere. Maybe I'll get back to it, but. Okay. Um, That's all right. <clears throat> So it's so interesting. So, yeah, so, so, all right, here we go. So um, I read a a fictional series by C.S. Lewis and it was the, it's like the Perlandia series. Yes. I I think it's really cool. I think it would be interesting for people to read if they're curious. And it kind of talked about that, like, you know, like earth, earth was covered, you know, by kind of a, a shield because we had a like a demiurge here, a kind of an evil being on earth. So they shielded us so that um, like the dem- he didn't contaminate the other developing worlds. Interesting. But it talked about like, first he went to Mars and they were like life on Mars was just about at an end. You know, they the, the planet was just about getting ready to die. And I think it was Venus was developing, you know, but it just, like a lot of this was covered in it. It's fiction, I know, but it's good fiction. And it kind of gives you some idea about what they're talking about, these planets that, you know, they're developing or, or you know, people have ascended, the planet's kind of done its job, the people ascend, and then, you know, there's other lessons that still need to be learned. You know, basically, Sandy Germain says, everything that happens in all the galaxies is God, God learning to understand himself. You know, so, so, you know, all this stuff that happens is just us experiencing God and God experiencing us. So um, that's a fascinating way to think about it. Yeah. So anyway, the, you know, the Lemurians were, they were very peaceful. They were very spiritual. Lemuria did probably sink and, you know, they say it's comets and volcanic activity, but I think that a lot of these changes had a lot more to do with the Atlanteans. So um, I want to talk about race theory first. Can we talk about race theory a little bit? I saw Atlanteans? that, Barb. I would love for you to speak about that. One of the yeah. things it does say as, I'm, as I went through the information, they believe that remnants of Maria is um, part of Hawaii and the Easter Islands. Uh, Australia, Madagascar, you know, so Lemuria, Lemuria was actually Mu. The term Lemuria, they they started calling it Lemuria because of the animals that lived there, which were lemurs. So it was actually Mu, you know, if you, you'll probably find more good information if you search Mu rather than Lemuria. Um, So, so, but you know, that, you know, so it would be like, like Australia, but I mean, it was a huge island. So what the, what's left of it today, a little bit of the Pacific Islands and, uh, you know, definitely Australia and um, Madagascar and New Guinea, I think, you know, so that that area would have been the Lemurians. Right, just to kind of get our, our, so the, our listeners kind of have an understanding of perhaps where it would have been on the globe. So go into the whole um, concept, Barb, of when we talk about race, how it differs from when they talked about race. Yeah. So, uh, so I, I just think that everything that we think we know about race is wrong. <laughs> right. right. And, uh, this, you know, this for me started when I was reading, I think Dr. Adamo's live right for your type, mm-hmm. you know, so like your blood type would have been a much better determination of your origin than your skin color. Like, you know, in Atlantis, in Atlantis in particular, it, it was people of all colors. So color really became 
a determination of race to kind of justify the African slave trade. Before that, race was a loosely held concept. People traveled all over the globe. Mm. So um, there, there, you know, there are certain pockets where like, you know, like the Bushmen and the Aboriginals, you know, they, that's a very closed, like genetic, those are very closed genetic oh, groups. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, you know, for the rest of us, you know, go, go, go get your 23 and me done. And it's like, wow. Yeah. You know, people, people have traveled for millions of years. Right. So, um, so right now we're, we're pretty much in the Aryan race route and the, it's a misconception that the Aryans are white. Although, you know, people like the Theosophical Society and the Nazis, um, I don't know if they believed it or if they just wanted everybody else to believe it. But, you know, most of the people, probably like 90% of the people on the planet right now are Aryans, whether they're white, black, yellow, brown, that's the, that's the prime root race that's here now. So, um, the one thing that I saw, it said Lemuria being the motherland was inhabited by various species and various kinds of race. And when they said race, they didn't mean black or white. They meant races from other planets and other it's dimensions. The, it's, yeah, it's the root races. It's when these <clears throat> energies incarnated. That's what right. That's what the root races are. So, so you know, I, so I think, what, what are we, the fifth root race? I think um, so. The fourth, so the fourth root race would have been Atlantean and then... Um, the fifth root race is Aryan. How does this work into the archaeological record, do you think, with like Homo sapiens and Neanderthals and Australopithecus? I mean, were those oh, species so that if you, you, you're right now, I'm studying like um, Hyperborea. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this whole theory is that life did not originate in the Tigris Euphrates River Valley. It mm-hmm. probably originated in the Indian Ocean, like Lemuria, mm-hmm. and then people migrated north. I, I I was doing some correlation, you know, this is a podcast, so like, I can't show it. Right. But I was looking at, you know, because so, so it almost looks like every time there was an ice age, and there's been so many ice ages, mm-hmm. like a new root race enters. And I think that there's uh, like refugiaries where where, you know, so, so the North, um, Iceland, Greenland, Holland, the Arctic, were tropical. The, right. the earth hadn't tilted on its axis yet. You know, it didn't have the tilt. So it may be that, that civilization continued to flourish there while, while other places of the world were covered in ice. Then when that ice retreats, those civilizations come out and populate. And like, to me, it's like, aha, this is it. You know, and you, you, uh, um, you know, so this whole idea that life started in the Tigris Euphrates River Valley, like I, I don't see evidence for it. I really don't. I see more, more <laughs> evidence for like our, our species to have come from the North. So, um, and then Michelle, I've always thought that there was alien intervention in our actual DNA. That's what I, I agree. So, you know, I've always said it. My father thought I was crazy. We were in Ireland one time in an old cemetery. And I said, Dad, Dad, come and look at this. And he looks at me and he's like, oh my God, I think you're right. You know, like the people on the, and the old, old parts of the cemeteries yes. look, like, look like we would imagine grays. It's like, it looks like. Oh, the drawings on the stone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so um, a really a really interesting book is the 12th planet by Zechariah Sitkin. Have either of you read that? Yes, I have. I have you know, so, so in Sitkin's book, aliens come and that would have been like the Egyptians mm-hmm. and they, you know, so they need gold and they don't need gold because they want to wear it around their necks. They need it for their advanced technology. Mm-hmm. So actually earth collided with Tiamat. Um, Tiamat was much more uh, advanced than we were. And it seeded earth with certain species of people. Right. Um, so then the, these aliens came from Tiamat and they were tired of doing the work. They needed slaves. So they decided to start speeding up our evolution. Mm. And, uh, you know, they, they created things that they destroyed. Supposedly it's these, uh, 
aliens experimenting with DNA that created like mermaids and that's uh, I've, I've seen and, that as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so all those things that you see in the the hieroglyphics, I can't even speak hieroglyphics with like a bird head on a human body. They think that they were actually species that were made. Yeah, you know, so that's sick. And, and and I have, I you know, I have a friend and a teacher, Sandy Germain, and I had mm -hmm. asked her one time, you know, because I said, Sandy, the Celts don't have the same origin story as like the Bushmen, and she said, you're absolutely right, they don't. So you know, there's like all these little pieces. You know, there was Atlantis and Lemuria, but there were other civilizations, and I think that there were other. I do think that you know. There, that actual physical off-world beings came and messed around too. Here we'll go to fiction again. I was reading this thing today that anybody that quotes like fiction in a in a like in a talk or a paper, you know, like should be disqualified. But oh, no, sometimes I, I think that you know it's a it's a but so I read this another set of novels by who was it by A.G. Riddle I think was the author, and it was this um, virus these scientists from another planet. It's another planet that we would have heard of. Oh, from Atlantis. Oh. Atlantis was actually another planet. That's what it was. Oh. So these um, scientists came and, and homo, homo sapiens were dying out. Okay. So they, they altered their genetics, but then they had to come back. They altered their genetics through a virus. And then they had to come huh. back, like take themselves out of this hyperspace sleep every 10,000 years and re redo the genetics. And, you know, like, I, I don't know, it's, there's no, there's no way to ever prove or disprove any of that, I suppose, but it, re you know, it, like, it resonates with me. It, me too. I, Barb, the one night I had on um, going through the channels and started watching ancient um, astronauts. And I really feel like at that moment, like say it was 10 o'clock at night, I had to have flicked on that particular episode. And I love that show. Me too. And the whole thing talked about how um, exactly what you were just saying that it was, you know, obviously aliens that had come and they integrated um, with humans and created a different race for survival on earth. And they said the one thing that they could point to was people that had RH factor. Ooh. And so if you had RH factor, it couldn't be, it couldn't be found, Michelle, like in a dig back to the you know 1800s. It's like <laughs> beyond the 1800s. There is no um, evidence, evidence of, of RH factor. And that's what Adamo says. Look to the blood. Christian and I are both RH negative. Yeah, me too. So. Me too. And it says that you have, that means then you have like extra ability, extra sensitivity. You actually have an extra bone in your back, which I didn't even know. Really? Um, yeah. It's, it's a lot of quirky things that are science-based things. But mm. the thing I found the most intriguing was that it cannot be found to these other digs anywhere on the globe Holy going cow. past, I want to say it's the 1800s. And then all of a sudden it just emerges. It's just there. Like, where did it come from? Right. Dennis, how about you? Are you RH positive or negative? Do you know your blood type? I have no idea. He doesn't know because he's never going to have a baby, Michelle. So <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. I'm thinking all women that are, they're, you know, having babies. That's, but well, that's, he's, he, that's the blood wouldn't. test, right? That's why yeah. you said that's it. Yeah. Test. So if you're, if your first child will be safe. And, mm -hmm. but if your first child is not RH negative, then you need the Rogam shot. Because otherwise, your own antibodies could kill your subsequent children. Yeah, you'll miss. So, yeah, yep, that was me. But I just yeah. found that information fascinating because it, it basically are kind of correlates with what it resonated with me. But it correlates with what you were just talking about, um, as far as these. And the other thing too, you guys have brought up the the mermaid um, yeah. a couple of times. I didn't realize how closely linked to um, the Lemurian shapeshifters that they, they, that's the first example that they use is mermaid. mermaid. Yeah. Is that, and that's where it came from. Which and that, that race was, they were a race of shapeshifters. Well, they were trying to figure out, create for themselves a body that would, that work. would work on this planet. So you could really say like to kind of encapsulate it, 
Lemurians were a much more um, evolved in, and maybe more peaceful than the Atlanteans. Yes. And uh, I, I saw in some of the information that the Atlanteans, um, as you said, were driven by greed. Not and, all of them. And, but they started to have their own, it sounds like, caste system or social system um, within their kind of uh, makeup that if they weren't smart enough, if they weren't as evolved as some of the other Atlanteans who became slaves? Um, I don't know, Katie, if I, if I, if I read that, if I read that in any of the, like, archaeological, archaeological information, mm -hmm. you know, like in Plato's information, mm -hmm. You know, I've read that in different fictional and like different fictional pieces. Gotcha. Um, actually, gotcha. yes. Actually, actually, I think might have been Rudolf Steiner, which is not fictional, supposedly, um, was talking <laughs> about, you know, as the population increased and, you know, the people in the cities had better access to educate. There's a, there's a lot of parallels to um, what was going on then as to what was going on now. Oh. So, so Atlantis... Um, According to Plato, Atlantis took up a large part of the Atlantic Ocean at the um, Pillars of Hercules or the Straits of mm -hmm. Gibraltar. That's okay. pretty much where Atlantis was. Everybody should read the Timaeus, uh, Timaeus and the Critias, which is Plato's uh, description of Atlantis. So there were there were people of many many colors. Mm -hmm. There were. Um, all kinds of animals. And I, I, what, what I think it's funny is that like, I think Plato must've been fascinated with the elephants because it's like, there were elephants <laughs> and then that was debated. Um, did I write it or did I just, so um, Atlantis was created by Poseidon. So Poseidon fell in love with Cleto and after her parents died, he married her and they had five sets of twins. The eldest was named Atlas. So, oh. um, and you'll also like Atlas, Aslan. Um, now I have to look into the whole uh, Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe. The wardrobe, and, I was going to say. Which, which, yeah, which, you know, a lot of Christians say is a Christian. Allegory. Is a Christian allegory, but it, it's it's not. It's, it's Atlantean. Right. <laughs> so, um but anyway, the firstborn of all of those twins was named Atlas. And so Atlantis was, was ruled for many, many, many generations by, um, by Atlas. But so Atlantis had alternate zones of land and sea, hot and cold springs, all kinds of animals flourished. People of, of every color lived there. Um, the technology. So, so they were very, 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 very gifted psychics. They also had very advanced technology, according to Plato, you know, like sailing ships. And um, I wonder, you know, you know, because when I was reading about some of the tropical areas, like at the Arctic and the Antarctic, because the earth haven't, hadn't shifted on its axis, you know, and we all hear about like harp weapons technology, our government trying to manipulate the poles and the weather and, right. and the, the Atlanteans were doing some of this too. I mean, they, hmm. they had very, very, advanced technologies yeah. um they 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 created gods that they worshiped and of course the gods weren't worthy of worship you know you've heard of some of the you know a lot of my studies have been in celtic but the gods that demanded like blood sacrifice yeah. and, right, and, right. and and what have you they were just you know they were created but they weren't spiritual so they just demanded 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 um you had people that got to be very 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 powerful sorcerers and you know it, it just this for for thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of years it was a beautiful society but then it became corrupt so they there's showing that too um barb that in for the atlanteans they used a lot of crystal energy they used mm -hmm. a lot of crystal energy so you know everything was powered by crystals yes. um actually we just started working with crystal skulls because in doing yep. some of the, re the research this is going to be so much fun doing some of the research it was an old old guy 
on uh, the Gaia channel. I can't think of his name, but he's a, was a, a student of Edgar Cayce's. And he said that any crystal skull can be activated. It doesn't have to be one of the original 12. Actually, some of the original 12 might be offsite. So Dee went to the rock show and bought, I think we have 50 crystal skulls you're, in the shop right now that we're going to do an activation class with. Yeah. Oh, that's um, awesome. The, so the original yeah. crystal skulls <laughs> may not even be on this planet right now. Um, okay. So the crystal oh, skulls, there were 12 temples. And yes. each temple had a crystal skull. That was the energy. That was kind of like the internet that was you right. know, disseminated all the information. It was through the crystal skulls. Originally, it's thought that they weren't solid. They were energetic. But as, oh. as society grew, then, you know, because they say that there's no tools in existence that could have made the crystal skulls. Exactly. Yeah. It's right. because they weren't made. They weren't man-made. They solidified as as the society grew and developed. That makes sense. And when Atlantis fell, they went back off world. That's that's why they can't, you know, so I just, I think like, I'm so obsessed right now. I was going to bring my little guy with me and sit him here because you need to work with one for a while, you know, to, you know, to like fully activate it. Yeah. We've got, we've got a shop full of crystal skulls now. So I I have to get one. I I'm upset. First of all, I'm obsessed with skulls. Like that's, (laughs) I've got them all through the house. So it always looks like Halloween. And then I, I brought some over to Jimmy's too. So um, <laughs> not weird when you have family over that they see a skull on a but show. But that's typical of hiding information from people, you know, so here the skull, which, you know, brought so much information to the people and was considered a, you know, like a, a good source has kind of, you know, now it's considered scary and blah, 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 blah. But control. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, we, we're, we're going to get our hands on some of those skulls. <laughs> Mark, what would you say is the, probably the, the major difference between the two civilizations? The, the Atlanteans were definitely more materialistic. Okay. So, and I, you know, like I've never seen, you know, so there's different, there's different theories about what caused Atlantis to sink, you know, and according to Plato, whoever told Plato about Atlantis, it was like Zeus said, all right, these guys are done. You know, they've screwed up. They're not losing their lessons (laughs) and sunk them in a day and a night. But I read a couple of things that it was like, remember they were very technologically advanced that it may have been nuclear war that that completely wiped out a continent. You know, what do we know that can wipe out a continent? So, you know, there's so many- And I'm sorry- Barb, where is it they say that they presume or think that um, Atlanta was located? The Atlantic Ocean. Uh, uh, oh, okay. You know, so, and that's why you find like the Toltec, the the Aztecs were, My, uh, are Atlantean. You know, you go up along the coast of California and that, you know, most of the, they call them Am- Amerindians in my, you know, like books from the 1800 are probably all Atlantean. And then you go along the, um, you know, like the coast of Africa, there's actually like a group of people, I think in Portugal that have really strange DNA. Yeah. Like, Portugal was one of the ones that I had seen that they believe that the, um, part of the, um, Atlantean city fell into the ocean there. Yeah. I've also, but there's still Greece. a group yeah, there's still a group of people, you know, so it was that huge of a continent. Of course, they had boats, you know, so right. so you're you're on an island. It's not far. We just lost Katie. No, I'm here. You're still there. Yeah, just her. We lost her face. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know why I did that. So they, they were able with boats to move about on the outside yeah. of the island. Yeah. Okay. I mean, they were they had boats, they had ships, they had, they had like... Not like airplanes, airships. Like Ooh. like what I what I saw on a journey actually was more of like a think of the steampunk dirigibles. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Something something kind of like that. Interesting. So um and you know, like I, I I also can't think about Atlantis without thinking of Tolkien. So, you know, like the right. Cimmerillion, he said he did not write that. He was taken there and shown that and he huh. and wrote it down kind of as a warning to people. But 
you know, so I, I think that most people's knowledge of Atlantis does come from Helena Blavatsky and the Theosophical Society. Mm-hmm. Um, the Nazis used used that information. You know, that's where your whole Aryan race and master race and, you know, so the, like, I do believe that there's root races, you know, so the, the, right. um, the Theosophical Society says that we, we have two more to come. We're yeah. going to stop reproducing sexually, um, blah, 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 blah. And then we're going to migrate to Mer- to Mercury. So oh. I don't see any evidence, right. evidence of this and I don't like it. Mercury's it too it, it seems to me like like Illuminati reptilian eugenicism. Yeah. Um, and right. Tolkien, Tolkien saw that too. So Tolkien, uh, maybe I'll just read you this. Go ahead, please. Um, Christopher Tolkien has argued that his father likely found the story. This is the story of the fall of um, Elendor. Okay. At least the uh, the fall of Numenor, at least in part of implicit critique of of the racism and nationalism of the Nazis. So he thought that they were using this idea of root races the to 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 kind of do what the Atlanteans were doing to say you know some of us are better than others mm-hmm. and right. um, you know the 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 quest you know Hitler's quest for the dark objects and look at yeah. you know look at where we are now. You know, it's, it's pretty scary times. And what do people value? You know, I work with kids that have no shoes right here in the good old USA. Yes. I know, so, right. Um, so from Ellendale's words, at the end of the lost road, there emerges a sinister picture, the withdrawal of the besotted and aging king from the public view, the unexplained disappearance of people unpopular with the government, informers, prisons, torture, secrecy, fear of the night, propaganda in the form of rewriting history, as exemplified by Harandel's words concerning what was now said about Arendelle. The multiplications of weapons of war, the purpose of which is concealed but guessed at, and behind all all the dreadful figure of Sauron, the real power, surveying the whole land from the mountain of Numenor. The teaching of Sauron has led to the invention of ships of metal that traverse the seas without sails, but which are hideous in the eyes of those who have not abandoned or forgotten Mm -hmm. Um, to the building of grim fortresses and unlovely towers and to missiles that pass with a noise like thunder to strike their targets many miles away. Moreover, Numenor is seen as the young, where am I? As the young, as overpopulous, boring, overknown. Every tree and grass blade is counted. And Herondil's words, and this cause of discontent, discontent is used, it seemed, by Sauron to further the policy of imperial expansion and ambition that he presses on the king, when at this time my father reached back to the world of the first men to bear the name Elfriend. He found there an image of what he most condemned and feared in his own. You know, so, so this was also the fall of Atlantis. And it's, and it's really kind of, I think, in my mind, where we are right now. Yeah. Right. You know, it keeps so, repeating. Obviously, yeah. you repeat it, history. Yeah. Until, until maybe we get it right. You Do know, I but, but, you know, so I, I, my, my fear, like in doing research on the, on, you know, a lot of the stuff that's written is so much of the information out there is Helena Blavatsky's, which, uh-huh. you know, which, you know, obtaining by obtaining nirvana by selective breeding it it just it just doesn't feel right yeah so you know we have free will we have a discerning heart we have a pineal gland and just because something is written or on the news or you know (laughs) in in books by 16 people that have studied atlantis and lemuria it does not mean that we have to believe it Amen. So, <laughs> you know, be, be careful with your beliefs because if not, you sink. But I do believe that people, what you said before, and it's happened to myself, if you are having experiences, whether they're paranormal, um, you know, physical, spiritual, 
um, whether it's in dreams or even if you're meditating out of body experiences and you don't even understand what you're seeing and you go to do the research and somebody says, you get all the information on Lemurian civilization. You go, oh my, that's what I was seeing the whole time. Yeah. And I kept trying to fit it into my today parameter and it didn't <laughs> make fit. sense. And now it makes sense. It's no different than when I have people contact me and they'll say, I've always thought I was going to die at 18. I thought, and now uh, I'm 25, yeah. but I still have that anxiety. And I'll say, it was probably a That's past right. life. And as soon as I say it, the look on their face of that, like it coming over them at like uh -huh realization moment. and it resonates the aha, right, Michelle, the look and they go, oh, okay. And it literally just stops whatever that anxiety was, that stress, the worry, yeah. the, the conflict. Release. It releases the stuff that people are considered, are, are, are taught to you know, like our woo woo or, or tinfoil hat, or that's the, I think that's the important stuff. You know, the, the, the Maseratis and the designer clothes and the things that, you know, like we should think are important boring, or the, or that we've been told are, are the things to strive for financial success, you know, like forests, the worth of a forest is measured in board feet rather than the, you know, the, the true value of what a forest is. Mm -hmm. And these are the things that we, we have to not lose sight of. We can't, right. we, we, it is so important now more than ever because the technology, you know, the technology out there, like programming us, programming us, programming us, it's pretty hard to, exactly. to, to stand up to. And we have to not lose sight of what's really important is that we are spirits with a body. Oh. Yep. Listen, look at your own lives. It, think about the things that stressed you out or that you thought was so important 10, five years ago. And now that doesn't even trigger you. You think no. about it, you go, eh, not a big deal. Yeah, I don't, I don't I know if that's age. That. Right. Yeah. You don't worry about it anymore. You realize I've been through it. Doesn't really make a difference about who I am at my core. doesn't matter. And it's also faith. You know, we have to have faith that the world will unfold as it should. Right. And, and, you know, not feed into the fear. And, and don't feed into the sky is falling kind of yep. panic. And I do have faith in that. I know. I forget to Barb, you, you brought up Edgar Casey, and, and we should mm. give him more credit. I forget him on, on a regular of the information and the knowledge. And, and again, to our listeners, um, if you really want to do some personal research um, about things that are paranormal and um, psychic. Uh, he was what they called the sleeping psychic. Yeah, and he was probably the grandfather of intuition psychic, like being public right. about yeah. it. Yeah. And the, you know, I was, I never met Edgar Casey, but I, I, I got to meet Stanley Krippner who did yeah. get to meet Edgar Casey. And, oh, cool. you know, they really did. Um, they really, really, really did make an effort to verify you know, His pretty words. much everything that they advocated for. So, right. so I, I do like, you know, you, I read some things and my, the hair goes up on the back of my neck and it says, this is not true. And then I, you know, other things it's like, I, this resonates. Right. So right. Casey's stuff has always resonated with me and right. for information on Atlantis and Lemuria, that's a good source, but yeah, anybody that's really interested should, you know, I think that reading the, reading the early Plato, you can find it on the internet. Mm -hmm that it'll it'll unlock something in you reading the first like written information and of course journey 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 to whatever comes up oh i so love journeying that's not other people's information that's yours yeah first hand. right um i know we only said we were going to speak about two civilizations but i can't leave this without bringing up the third which is what they have in all the writings, which is, um, I'm probably going to say it wrong, Avalonian. Avalon. Well, well. Arcturian. <clears throat> so this is kind of where I am now. And I think that these might be the descendants of the, um, the Hyperboreans. And so if you want to give me another month or so, Katie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, because I felt okay. I fell into this because I, I can remember having a conversation with Sandy a couple of years ago, saying the Celts 
don't have the same origin as or language. And she said, you're absolutely right. But, you know, so there's an awful lot of actually written historical, you know, because we have things like runes and, right. you know, like the poetic Edda, you know, that you can still mm-hmm. see things that were, you know, written by Odin that are still, you know, kind of important and modern kind of culture. If you give me a month, I'll have, I'll have this a little bit more. Yeah. Cause that's, it's just the, you know, and looking at some, some more of the Atlantean stuff. Cause I didn't want, well, I wanted sources. I, like I looked into archaeological, archaeological and historical information, right, not just, right. you know, like the Casey stuff. So it's, it's interesting that I never realized until you said it tonight, maybe even before we went on the podcast, but that, um, we can actually have all three. We can be descendants of all three. I actually always thought um, that you could only be one. And it actually, when you think about it, it it's makes more sense. sense to be yeah. of all do, three. Do you want to play a little game? Yes. Sure. Let me see if I can, if I can remember it all. So you, you're, you, you've got two races. You've got your genetic race and you've got your spiritual race. Yes. And um, love that not the little t all right so i want you when i say so i want you to close your eyes and i want you to i want you to look for a t okay i want you to um see your pineal gland in like blue like a a royal blue Mm -hmm. and then look for a t the letter t look for a t on your pineal gland Mm -hmm. okay have you found a t yeah okay so what kind of what did it look like Lemon mine looked blood. like wood what was it was it a capital t was it a small t was it like an ankh capital t all mine right was it no mine was a little t and it was, looked like it was made of wood almost like a cross mine was so, like neon color yeah so katie then you've got i've got the little t too and that's more the lemurian that's more the lemurian genetics you know when i first looked into that it's like asian I'm not Asian, but it's not really Asian. It's Lemurian. Michelle, the large T is definitely Atlantean. And then if you have the Ankh, that's Egyptian. So according to, and that's, um, that comes from like Stuart Swordlow and the primordial language of God uh, information. Mm -hmm. So, and that, and that, and everybody sees their T and it's always a small T, a large T or an Ankh. Dennis, what did you say? Did you do it, Dennis? Uh, uh, no, I tried. I didn't have, I didn't see a T. Oh. <laughs> I didn't want to close my eyes for too long either. Cause I didn't want to fall asleep. Uh-oh. <laughs> that's too funny. But that's something too, that people can, you know, do it at home, close your eyes, you know, see that, uh, pineal gland in blue and then look for the T and you also want to balance that T. If you see that T and it's, and it's, um, like hanging one side or the other. Uh, you know, like a seesaw, balance it, make it, make it straight. That uh, lateralizes the right and left. Oh, hemispheres of the brain. Hemispheres of your brain. Yes. It's called balancing your, balancing your T-bar. I want people to uh, comment on our uh, podcast uh, Facebook page, what, what tea they have. <laughs> Tell us about your teas. Yes. Yeah, spill the tea. <laughs> That's what you want to say. So spill the tea. Um, I, I think that would be great. And I just, I just think it's another tool for people to know about themselves going inward more and knowing about their own um, energy and their own basically spiritual history of, of where they come from and why, you know, certain things like I, I've had little people where, you know, young people, I should say, where I look at them and I think to myself, they don't even belong in this era. Right. They don't belong in this time. Like and, my child. <laughs> and, yes. Like your child, definitely like Didi. So, you know, we could actually say to them, you know what, maybe, maybe when you get a little older, you should be looking into that origin, not just of another time, but that origin in itself. They say, they say that there's a lot of Atlantean. The Atlanteans are really starting to incarnate now. Like something really big is coming, girls. Oh, so, I feel that. I can really, yeah. really feel You know, and, and if the race is going to change, it's it's going to be between like the 21st and the 28th century. If the, you know, this root race, like we're, we're kind of evolving, but I don't want to evolve in. Well, it, I mean, Barb, you're, you're probably direction. one of the ones 
me, you and Michelle, we, we, you know, do our, our, our girl chat, but we're chatting with one another saying, do you feel something? Do you, do you sense something? We did it. Michelle and I both did it with um, Alex the other day. Yes. Because um, it, we kept, and I kept thinking just what, what Michelle said, like, is there a planetary misalignment? And it was when I didn't realize there was five planets in retrograde. Yeah, it was like, ah, we'll, it. well, that makes sense. You guys know that the planets this year were lined up exactly the same alignment as they were just before the American revolution. Right. Yes. Yep. Yeah. You so. told me that I would not have known that. Well, Tom Kearns, we had that class, right? The astrology class. And so he was talking about, Tom's going to do another class. I forgot what, Ooh. maybe on love or something. I don't know. So he's going to do another class this winter. So oh, that oh, that'd be great. Farm, that'd that. be great for me to get that. No, I know what he's doing. Mythology and symbolism. Oh my God. That's perfect. That's, that's what he's doing. I'm in. Not- it love? I wouldn't care about love, but knowledge <laughs> <laughs> and symbolism. No, that's got me. So what is love? <laughs> I think that's awesome, Barb. If our listeners want to um, participate in some of your classes, um, get a, a shamanic treatment. How do they get a hold of you, my dear? Well, Facebook is probably the best way. Okay, it really so- is, or email. Um, y- y- you so know they're what looking I for Barb Nesnick. Willow Tree Wisdom. Willow, yeah. Willow Tree Wisdom. Yeah. Willow Tree Wisdom. Willow Tree Wisdom.com. Um, and I can give you my phone number. It's 518-843-6293. There you go. Because that's just the business phone. But I'm really, especially now, I'm not good at answering it. You know, I'm an herbalist. <laughs> oh, well, I'm an herbalist. I can't walk around fields with phones. Right. So, you know, if people send me an email or send me a message on Facebook, I can answer them at 11 o'clock at night. But, you know, it's just... You know, time management when you've got to be out in fields during the day, and um, it's just we're the same. We don't answer our phones. No, that's yeah. I don't either. It's so interesting, Barb. You know, our our relationship, all three of us, goes back now. It's at least twenty years, or almost twenty years, I think. It's crazy. Yes, because Sarah was little Michelle. I've known Michelle. I said I always say I knew Michelle before Michelle knew Michelle. Yeah, because I'm older than she is, and you know, (laughs) we are from the same neighborhood. So yeah, and it just our our friendship, our relationship just keeps evolving. But Mm -hmm. I always think to myself, Barb knows so much information, and it literally is like you talk about like a a human Wikipedia. Anything we have lunch and talk about, she can literally go, well, you know what that's related to? And I'm thinking, how does she know all this shit? Yeah, but you can't be, I know nothing. That's why these podcasts are a little hard for me though, because like I, I have to focus on one (laughs) one thing. So right. All your information wants to come in. If people could hear our lunch dates together, (laughs) which we, which we really should do. We got to start. We got to resume that the world is kind of right back to normal somewhat, but I would love to do that just because, um, for our listeners, a lunch with the witches of Eastwick, I mean, <laughs> you have anybody else there? It, Barb is an amazing cook, which she everybody is. knows I am not. Michelle does cook, but she hates it. Exactly. And um, <laughs> I just don't because nobody wants to eat what I make. So um, Barb makes these amazing, amazing lunches. And she'll be like, well, I didn't have time to and do X, Y, Z. And then whatever she gives <laughs> us is absolutely perfect. Usually um farm to table yep um because she lives out on a farm and and we get to partake and right with everything right there and then our discussions are all over the place but usually of a spiritual um bend and at the end of the lunch and this is where everybody will get jealous we bring tarot cards and um barb had to start (laughs) taking them and like you throw the tarot cards to the listeners on the floor and yeah. you pick three cards so they could be from different decks and you lay them out in front of you and, and Barb will say to you, now, what does that mean to you? And <laughs> you actually start to read each one. It's yeah. amazing. So much fun. We need that. We've been missing that. Yeah. I think the world needs that, but yes. <laughs> Get together and have a witch's lunch, everybody. It's good for your soul. It sure is. Let's do it. <laughs> All right. Well, Barb, thank you again so much for being on and being a good friend and amazing information that you, you give us all the time. And I, I, we definitely, I'm holding you to coming back and talking to us about the other race, the Avalonians. 
Yes, chapter two. Okay. All right. <laughs> As always, Michelle. I love you. Thank you for being my friend and my co-host. And as always, D. Awesome. Scott, I love you so, no, so much. I appreciate you very, very yeah. much and for everything you do for us and make everything sound super professional. Yes. So thank you. Yeah. And thanks to all of our listeners. We really appreciate all your shares, your subscriptions, your likes, and your comments. Keep the comments coming in and your suggestions for shows. We really love it. So thank you again, and everybody be blessed. Hail Atlantis. <laughs>